that's exactly why I do it because mm-hmm. I want to build more entrepreneurs out there and I want more people sharing their gifts with the world. Number 127. Welcome to the Biz Women Rock Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos, and this podcast is here to highlight the amazing journeys of business women all over the world so you can find some great information and inspiration for your business journey. Could not be more excited to introduce my guest to you today. Her name is Lenan Saperstein, and she's the founder of The Big Factor, which is a marketing firm that specializes in helping Uh, business owners who own like retreat centers and just really cool, unique um, locations and and experience-based businesses all over the world. Um, She's got a great history as to how she finally ended up with that specific niche. But her talent really lies in being able to be an innovator and a visionary and help people market their company in really unique ways. In this interview, we really talk about her ability to become a location-independent business what that truly meant to her and how she actually took took the first steps to make sure that that happened and all the different programming that she's built into her company and the team that she has built for this company. So she talks a lot about leadership and what it truly takes to be a very good delegator and project manager and great leader and how she's actually built out some of the programs that she has. She's got a lot of great energy and is just a really remarkable woman, not only with a great business story, but with so much passion for entrepreneurs. So turn up that volume. This interview rocks. Lenan, thank you so much for being on the show, girl. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I know. I am so excited to be able to bring your story to everyone today because it is a really great one. And when I, when you and I first got on the phone right now, I said, okay, I'm trying to wrap my mind around everything that is your business because it is so robust and it's so unique, honestly. Um, and so what I what I really want to point out, first of all, is really identify the fact that you know, the big factor, your business is really a way for you to show how passionate you are about entrepreneurs and your desire to really help entrepreneurs. So I want to start first on why and how you even began knowing about entrepreneurship and becoming passionate about helping entrepreneurs. Sure. So my mom was an entrepreneur my whole life. Um, She had a store before I was born and then she had a small business out of our home and it's actually on Etsy now. I I also coach her on that project too. Um, So always saw, you know, a powerful woman, you know, the the woman who was my role model um, running her own business and kind of making her own rules and making, creating her own income streams. Um, but for me, you know, I worked in corporate and I worked in various forms of corporate. We often make jokes that I'm a cat. Like I've had nine lives. Like I've, I've worked in everything. Like I've worked in prisons. I've worked in, I worked at New York fashion week. So I've done like the whole gamut of jobs and I tried them and none of them was like a perfect fit for me. And I became really passionate about entrepreneurship because I could make my own rules. I could Mm. create my own job because I had so many different skills, I wanted to find a way to share them with the world and then also make money. 
And so for me, I've, I often talk to my clients about this, but it's sort of down with the corporate model of like one boss at the top who's making all the money and calling all the shots. And it's really this entrepreneur model that's going to take over because we've all got so much knowledge and so many gifts to share. Like how could that not add more value and more joy in this world? I love it. So at what point was your first step into actually being your own boss and creating your own company? Well, I was one of the lucky ones. I got fired. So (laughs) um, I didn't have to like make that choice and leave myself. Um, But I had been looking at um, becoming a coach. And so I became a health coach first. And I had no idea what I was doing. But what I learned um, in the first few years of business was that I knew a lot about marketing because of my other jobs that I'd been in. And, um, And that I had a hunger and a passion for marketing. And so anyone I could get in front of any event, any product, any, you know, service, I was going to sign up for it. And I was going to really learn as much as I could about online marketing. And that was how the big factor was born. So talk a little bit about um, exactly what the business model is for the big factor. Like give us the whole story on the services that you provide and sort of the package that that comes in. Sure. So um, what a lot of uh, entrepreneurs experience, and this was my, my experience, was that I would meet amazing people, but they couldn't afford like super expensive high-end packages, which is what I I had the skill level of and I had the knowledge level of. And so for me, from the very beginning of starting this company was how can I serve um, different types of people um, with the core knowledge that I have. And so um, from the very beginning, we were creating an online platform, a, a, a more affordable way for people to get the content that I was creating. Um, so as I was creating... Um, you know, SOPs, standard operating procedures for my company, I was actually teaching other people how to do the same thing for theirs. Um, And so that was my sort of low cost um, option. And then I was always selling high-end packages to um, different types of businesses. I started with um, integrative physicians, so um, holistic physicians and doctors and naturopaths. um, And that, that was my niche for a while and then was not quite a fit for the long term. Um, Also, they were making me start to go crazy and not sleep at night and pull my hair out and (laughs) all of those things. But I learned, you know, I learned Infusionsoft inside and out and some other amazing things through those, those clients. Um, And then, you know, kind of through my journey, and we we talked a little bit about this before we got on, but my location independent journey um, started to get international clients and work in tourism and really teach marketing in the tourism retreat, um, space. And so retreat centers and um, tour operators around the world hire me to teach them and their companies all about marketing and um, online presence. So I want to jump back into the beginning where you said, okay, I had a couple of high-end clients. You know, coming out of the gate, how did you know how to package what you were coaching and how you were strategizing with them? And, and, And how did you actually like present that information to them saying, okay, you know, you call them a high-end client. So I'm assuming like those, you know, it's a good figure, mm-hmm. you know, project on what you're working on. How did you How did you really come up with the idea of like, this is what the project will look like, this is what the package will look like, and this is a stamp of dollars that it will be? So I, I can't take the credit. I wish I could take the credit. I have had amazing mentors, um, female entrepreneur mentors who kind of set the, set the pace for me. And a a bunch of them, you know, guided me through creating these proposals. Um, but really what I always did on my own was really pick markets that were, um, specialized and that 
I had skills in that no one else had. You know, basically I was the only person for the job. And so they kind of had to hire me for it. And therefore, you know, if I, I, it was a high ticket item, I mean, many of them stopped. They wouldn't even flinch. They were like, oh, it's 10,000. It's 15,000. No problem. Like, yes. Um, But how did I know what to include? I think, you know, I assessed um, where they were at and made a list of everything they could possibly need, went through it with them. They were like, these are the top five. And I, you know, I assessed about how much time it was going to take me, how much contracted workers I was going to have to bring on, you know, either have to, now I have a a team in place, but back then I would have to go find people to work with me and teach them, you know, the strategy that I was trying to implement um, and actually put it into action. And so um, I I found this with a lot of the more successful entrepreneurs. They, They don't stay in that solopreneur mindset where it's just me. And they really think bigger and they think of a team and they think of the multiple types of services that they can offer or that they can oversee as sort of like a project manager or a team manager for the company. Got it. So at what point did you take that shift from solopreneur, you're the one coaching and you're sort of getting some outside contractors to maybe help you with some some parts of that project to actually saying, okay, now I'm going to have this, I'm running a team and now it's going to be bigger and now it's going to look like this and starting to get away from maybe these one high-end package clients to more of this international market that you're talking about. So the first step, and I teach my clients this, is is to hire your first VA, your first virtual assistant. Um, so my, my, I can't even remember who my first VA is, <laughs> but I remember it was, one of my mentors said, can you afford $50 a month? And I said, yeah. And she said, um, we're going to find you a person who's going to do just some of the stuff that you hate doing, you know, that's tedious and small. And we're going to take that extra time. And I think, you know, at that time, maybe I, it was a $10 an hour VA. So it was five hours a month. I got back to myself to create, to be tr- generating more income, to be making more sales, maybe writing more amazing content for my website. And um, then I was able to actually bring in more, more and more clients. The, I always say the real pivotal space when I really had a team. So it wasn't just me and one VA because I always say that's the first step. But I truly had like a graphic designer on call. I had a web person. Actually, I have like two or three web people now. You know, I have several copywriters. I have several different social media managers. I have, you know, I have a, 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 an operations manager. I have a list and list of people who can help me manage everything was when I went location independent. Um, when I moved to Costa Rica the internet was not always 100%. Um, I was working on site with a client in Costa Rica, but I also had, uh, I think it was five or six clients back in the United States. And I was doing a full marketing schedule for my own website. So, you know, social media, blog posts, content, all that stuff. And I think I was also, I also started launching my first retreat then as well. So I really needed as much help as I could get. And I think the mindset was necessary. This is necessary. Like my head will explode and I will burn myself out if I don't, (laughs) if I don't take, take on the help. And I had the income coming in. So I was able to start hiring and I'll start learning how to work with an online team. You know, people, I mean, like my team is all over the world. I have a, you know, a team member in France and a team member in the Philippines and several members in, you know, New York and California. And now I have one in, in uh, Brazil as well. But you constantly um, can keep doing work even while you're sleeping or, 
your clients can be taken care of even when, you know, you're out for the day with your family. Um, or I always say like, you know, I, if I'm on an airplane, I can still be getting things done because my team is doing work. Right. I want to dig into the fact that you made the decision to be location independent. Um, and specifically because there are, you know, I'm going to speak, I'm going to speak very personally about this, but I think that many people feel this way as well. But like, it's just this big, like, I want to do that. And it's, for me, it has been a lot harder to actually make that first step to actually go do it, even though I can tell myself all day long that I'm super independent. And, you know, but there are realities that kind of root me to where I am right now that like, I'm, you know, that's part of the reason why I started this podcast, because I wanted to be able to have a more virtual business um, and do that. So what I mean, there's a big difference between saying, I want to have a business where I can work at home and I can be anywhere and, and work versus actually doing it. So what was the big kicker that made you actually get up and buy that plane ticket to Costa Rica and say, I'm going down there? Or, you know, what what were those like those things that happened that actually made that real for you? Um, I always tell people I did I did a test trip and it was actually to Costa Rica as well because <laughs> I love Costa Rica. Um, but I bought a, a cheap plane flight. It was actually like a special they were running and I was there for uh, almost a month, like three, three and a half weeks. And I did calls on my iPad, like in a bar once, you know, and like a really kind of went with the flow and was like, can I do this? Is this possible? Can I hike one day and work the next? And can I work from hotel rooms or bars or hostels or wherever I ended up, you know? Um, and, and I could, and I could do it. And so when I got back, to the States, I really tried to, you know, again, I lined up, you know, those six clients right before I left. And um, really, I, I, you know, I wasn't actively looking for international clients. But when I had gone down to Costa Rica for a retreat um, with some coaches I work with, um, I was looking for a client and it didn't happen while I was there. I actually flew back to New York and within three days, I got a referral to Costa Rica and they, um, I put together a package that included my airfare and accommodations because they own a resort. And they said yes. And so they said, how fast can you get here? And, and I, it happened very fast for me. And I, even though I had been putting the pieces together in, you know, along the way, it was just like, now or never, you got to jump. Right. And, um, and so I did. And, and, you know, I'm single. And I always say that that, that's, that can be different if you're in a partnership or if you have a family. Um, but I've also seen people who are couples and I've also seen families on the road while I've been doing this for the past few years. Um, so I know it's possible. And, and I tell people that I think part of it is you got to go out and do it. You know, the hardest step is just going and, and getting getting on the plane flight and, and giving it a try. And whether it's you're going to go test it for a weekend or you're going to test it for a month or you're going to move to a country for three months, um, I highly recommend it. Um, over the past two years, I will give this one piece of advice. You know, I, I lived in places mostly for about a month or two, and I found that that was too short for me. I would start to really enjoy a location and want to get to know the community and plug into the entrepreneurs there and things like that. And so now my new commitment to myself is to stay at least six months in the location and really dig in um, and get to live all over the world as much as I can. What have been some of the coolest places that you've been to that you like just really, really, really love and have connected with? Um, Costa Rica, I, I lived in the, the southern, southern part in the Osa Peninsula, which is really untouched and it's very remote, but we had fantastic internet. So I was like, I'm in nice. paradise with internet. 
but really there's no power lines and, and, you know, I could wake up and meditate on the beach and it was just, it was truly blissful. Um, and then I also had the amazing opportunity, um, to live in Southern Italy last summer, um, working for a culinary cycling company. And I mean, I just lived, you know, across a, a farmer's field to the beach and the farmer's market was three blocks from my house and I had a bike and I just rode around this beautiful, gorgeous, white, pristine town and was just embraced by that town and that company so much. It was just like a once in a lifetime. You know, I lived I lived in, in Italy. I mean, it was magic. How fun. What is it, a culinary cycling company? Um, I've never heard they, that. I've never heard those two words together before. <laughs> yeah, so they're they're tour operators, and the owner is um, an avid cyclist. I think he was a professional cyclist, but he's from Southern Italy, which is where like you know the most beautiful olive oil, like fresh homemade pasta, like just everything is like these vibrant flavors. And so he um, leads these amazing tours where you you cycle some of the best cycling trails in the world on Bianchi bikes, like the best bikes. And you get to stop in these amazing either like hole in the wall, mama, you know, restaurants or these like five star restaurants and um, explore it. And they own several villas too. And it's an amazing company. But I've just been meeting the most amazing people too. Like you, you open yourself up to this and you you know, I've integrated the two. It's so cool. How neat. What a great idea for a company. So I have to ask you how, I mean, you know, you sort of, you made that major move down to Costa Rica where you were like, okay, I'm doing this. And then you had to, you were really forced to grow your team. Um, You know, you have a really great team now. You have about four people on your core team and you have about, you know, 10 people. Many of those people are, you know, some of those others are contracted in when you need them. What what lessons have you learned about project management for your clients? Because it's one thing to say, yay, I have a team. It's another to actually be successful at delegating and be able to actually manage a team. So what lessons have you learned in growing your team? The number one thing is that I had to actually find someone to translate for me because I I don't know how to write things out in a way that most um, contracted workers know how to do. And this was something I had to learn that I didn't, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Like, I truly don't know how to communicate what I need done in the exact way I need it done. So I had to actually hire my operations manager who translates Linani's to our, you know, graphic designer, to the web designer, things like that. That was the number one thing I had to learn. The second was I had to learn really um, to utilize these productivity systems online, like Asana, you know, like Basecamp. We used, we're very fond of Trello um, in my company, and we do a, a Kanban system. But really, you know, sticking to your systems and and not, you know, not sending messages via text or via Facebook. Really sticking to the system and making sure everything is documented there. Um, from the very beginning, having very specific job descriptions for my team members, but also having a conversation with them, like, what is your brilliance? What is your greatness? You know, what is your big factor? And how can I integrate that into my company? And, you know, I really want your suggestions. Like, here's the strategy I need implemented, but really, what is your brilliance and how can I bring it to my company? I've, you know, watched... Um, contracted workers come into my company and really build full businesses and get tons of clients through my clients and through my own personal networks. And for me, that's, that's, that's exactly why I do it because Mm -hmm. I want to build more entrepreneurs out there and I want more people sharing their gifts with the world. Um, So 
you know, building a team wasn't easy. And I've had complete meltdowns. I've had, you know, people, you know, do the wrong thing and send out, you know, 10 emails to my whole list, you know, each person. And, and, and no, no, I've had like every bad thing that could happen with a virtual team member. I have had it happen to me, but I also, you know, wipe myself off, stand up and do it again, you know, and find someone who's a better fit and be more specific and, and really learn to, again, communicate, you know, and also use my translator sometimes, (laughs) because sometimes, (laughs) because sometimes I don't know how to ask for what I need, or, or don't know exactly how to ask for what what I want. And so really learning to get very, very specific. Um, and then also, you know, I, I've, I've managed to keep a, a level of quality um, through my company, even though I've outsourced work. And it's something I'm really proud of. And I've really, you know, I hold the bar high. I don't just say, oh, it's because someone else do it. It can be crap. Like, that's not acceptable to me. What, what role do you play in your company? I am the master strategist. I am the brains behind everything. So you're um, meeting with all every single client. Are you acquiring all the clients as well? Or do you have people who... I are- am still right now, but for next year, we're actually bringing in a sales, two salespeople who are going to start bringing in clients for us. Um, uh, we I get, I get a fair amount of referrals and people are coming in pre-qualified because... Again, your friends and your family and all of your networks are your unpaid sales force. You know, you need to train them to know what you do. And so they can really tell people about you properly. And, and I've trained, you know, my mom sends me clients, my aunt and <laughs> uncle sends clients. But, but I've lived, you know, in, on the East Coast and the West Coast. And now I've lived around the world. And so I am getting referrals, you know, and I train my clients to know how to talk about me too. And so they're, they're sending me a lot of their friends as well. So... Um, yeah, like I, I, my main gift is really that holistic approach of integrating everything and knowing what needs to be done first and what needs to be done next. And then really giving people the tools and the connections to get a great copywriter in right away, or to get that great web builder who knows the SEO, who's going to plug that in as well, you know, really exactly catered to what my client needs at the exact time they need it. Now you are in um, the market, like your ideal client is the owner of like little niche, cool boutique businesses like this, like the um, the spa center, you know, the the retreat center, the, you know, culinary, go eat great food while you're on a bike, like really unique things like that. Like how did you come to know that that's your specific niche and you're not going after Um, you know, maybe even like corporate clients who need the marketing person to come in. I mean, how did you really discover this is my niche and this is where I need to stay? I discovered it the hard way because I took on those corporate clients and I took on those clients that were not ideal fits and I helped them, but I didn't get the maximum results. I got, they got results, but they didn't get the maximum results because I wasn't having an amazing experience too. You know, all of my clients now are my friends. I call them trailblazing entrepreneurs because they're doing something different. They're doing something that no one has done before. They're really, truly creating those jobs that don't exist yet, um, and which was really my journey, too. And so uh, for me, it was a huge um, piece was aligning with me, aligning with who I am and making sure these were people I actually wanted to spend, you know, 10 hours a day on the phone with sometimes, you know, <laughs> so right. they had to be people that I actually cared about. Mm. Now, you know, one of the offshoots or I guess value adds of your business is that you're actually putting on retreats of your own 
um, for the sake that these owners can come in and spend a good amount of time with you, have an, an, an entire experience really that not only, you know, allows them to be close to one another and collaborate with one another, but really have fun and actually, you know, do a really cool experience and really learn about themselves as business people and, and come away with, you know, something that is actually going to have a real impact on their business. So can you talk a little bit about um, you maybe, maybe some of the first retreats that you've put on and the success of those and how those have been going for you? Sure. So my um, event is called Trailblazers Retreat. And we're on our fourth one. And it will be uh, next year in 2015 um, in February, February 7th to the 14th in Costa Rica. Um, but for me, it was always a passion project. I, I really always said I kind of selfishly created Trailblazers Retreat because I wanted to take people on these amazing adventures with me. Because I would go off to these countries and work with these companies and people would see my Instagram and my blog posts and they would want to come along. And I was like, so why don't you get away so we can go within and we can dig deep and really break down any of the limiting beliefs you have. Um, and really plug into a powerful community. Like, I mean, the people who show up at Trailblazers are just some of the most remarkable entrepreneurs out there. Um, I bring in amazing uh, speakers and workshop leaders who are some of my dear friends from around the world to really amplify that experience. And then we do some like heavy, deep um, business strategy. And so everyone leaves with like exact next steps and they have the full accountability of the community that's kind of witnessed their transformation for the seven days that we're there. Um, and we get to have fun too. We, we've done sea kayaking in Croatia and we going to a cacao plantation in Costa Rica and we've, we've done river rafting in Lake Tahoe. So we've done some really cool stuff too. We like, I love the adventure piece too. So I always make sure that's included as well. Well, and you alluded to the fact that, you know, you, um, the, these are a really good way for, entrepreneurs to really connect but then you really have a carrying on piece which is a mastermind that you do this is a whole another value add to your business so you'll actually have clients participate in your mastermind now mastermind is this word that gets thrown around a lot and it means something different to, to different people so can you talk a little bit about how you've structured your mastermind from an owner's perspective how have you structured this you know um, what is the package that people get how how long are they staying in like give us a little bit of a rundown as the the kind of your whole program there Sure. I mean, I've been in so many masterminds, so I know what you mean. They're like all over the map. I have a minimum three months. You don't have to be in for the whole year, but you have a minimum of three months. Um, every month you get a call with me. So every month we're doing in-depth online business strategy. We're checking in on the progress of your implementation. Um, but every month we also have a theme um, and a lesson. So I'm, I'm really giving you worksheets and checklists and really helping you implement huge things in your business. Um, you know, I always say you're often in Lenan Marketing School anytime you're connected to me. But you're also <laughs> getting, getting down and digging deep into the foundation of business. I find so many online businesses businesses are not even set up properly. So really, there's I want no holes in the foundation. So my, my clients have fortified foundations. And that way, when we start pitching you, because one of my other expertise is social PR, but really getting, you know, people and new traffic to your website, you know, your website is capturing leads and people are impressed and they want to interview you and they want to get you, you know, featured on National Geographic and these type of things. Um, so really, for me, it's it's so it's the one-on-one -on -one time it's the 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 monthly 
you know, lesson calls, and then we do a group Q&A. Um, and then we also partner up um, everyone to have an accountability partner that we switch up every month. But really kind of, um, again, it's that fortifying the community, digging deep and finding those limiting beliefs, and then just digging deep into business strategy so you can get shit done really fast right. and have a bigger impact on the planet. I love it. Well, I want to use this opportunity to now shift into kind of the final portion of this interview, which is your favorite five. So this is how it's going to work. I'm going to ask you five totally random questions about what is your favorite whatever, and then you just ask answer with the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> it, sh- it shakes it up a little bit. Okay. What is, um, out of all of the retreat centers that you've been to, what is one of your favorite retreat centers and why? My favorite retreat center is in Peru, in Pisac, in the Sacred Valley. It's called Paz Iluz. It's right on the river. Um, and I love it because of the woman who owns it and her story. What's the woman who owns it and her story? Her name is Diane Dunn. She's written two books, both, I think they're called Cusco and Cusco 2. And just her powerful story, she was like, Uh, She worked in New York City and she kind of had this dream and she got called to Peru and she built this center and it's just a magical place. How awesome. Okay. What, number two, what is one of your favorite foods? My favorite foods, um, my favorite food is avocados and guacamole. Yeah. Do you have like a special recipe? Um, no, I just literally will put avocado on everything. Like I'll bring, like I was at a conference this past weekend. I brought a bag of 10, two bags of 10 avocados and I eat an avocado like with every meal. Come on. (laughs) I saw this post on one time on Facebook that had, you know, it's like one of those like pictures with the words on it. And it just said, um, uh, not yet, not ready yet, not ready yet, not ready yet, not ready yet. I'm ready. Too late. And it was like the life of an avocado. avocado. <laughs> I'm, I'm, an, I'm an avocado connoisseur and I can literally pick up. I know when an avocado is perfectly ripe and when to eat it. Now and that how to, is how to a pick skill. them off the shelf. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Number three, what is one of your favorite books, business book or any type of book? Oh, there's so many. Um, uh, I would say, uh, oh gosh, there's so many I love. And I'm actually like cheating and I'm looking at my um, bookcase. <laughs> um, probably Deepak Chopra, The Book of Secrets. Nice. Okay. I'm really into sort of spirituality and, and I can read that book over and over and over again. And it has like so much wisdom for me. Love it. Okay, how about a favorite business tool? Something, uh, maybe one that's like off the beaten path, you know, that really makes your business life a lot easier. I think I mentioned it already, Trello, T-R-E-L-L-O, Trello.com. It's the Kanban system, which comes from, I believe, Japan and and the way they, they do assembly line cars there. Um, but for my business, it's we have a, a backlog of cards. We have the new cards. So these are all tasks, essentially. And then what tasks are in progress, what tasks are completed. And um, I can look at it, and I sort of have peace of mind where things are, and I can post a question, and I can get it answered relatively quickly. And they have an app for your phone and an app for your iPad. And I can kind of survey um, different contracted workers and different client projects really, really, really quickly. 
I loved, we use Trello here um, for our local business because we do a lot of events and we actually use it for event planning. So it's like a whole project management tool. And so, you know, because every event is really a project, we sort of treat it as such. It's a great, great tool. And it's so simple. Because like I use fancy ones, other fancy ones with all kinds of different workers, but this is just so simple and I love things are just purified and simple. Yep. Okay. um, What number was that? Okay. I think I have one more. Number... um, Yes. Number five, last one is you are obviously a very business driven person, but you're all you're also a very holistic person. How do you stay grounded with all of the stuff that you have going on in your life? What's your favorite way to stay grounded? Um, Every morning I have a morning kind of practice morning ritual and it involves quiet time. And uh, I do something called morning pages from the book, The Artist's Way. Uh, oh, by yeah. Julia Cameron. Yeah. And I do it pretty much every morning. And if I don't do it in the morning, I have to do it at some point in the day because I kind of have to just release release some of the stuff that's in my head. Um, you know, and I just, you know, whether I say a prayer, I do a meditation, I just take some time. I usually go outside, kind of ground myself in the earth, quite literally. Um, but I do that every, almost every morning. I'll, I'll, I won't say I do it 100% of the time, but I'll say about 95% of the time. I really take that time for myself. Um, and also... The second, there's a second piece to that. I would say I don't say no to things like seeing friends or going out to do something, even if there's work to be done. I'll just hustle for a few hours and then go and really completely unplug, 100% unplug, like don't even check email and go and be with my friends or be with the sunset or be with whatever I'm doing. Mm, That's beautiful. I want to really end this by asking you, what is your big vision for the big factor for everything that you're doing right now? Because it's it's very it's very revolutionary in the sense that there's such passion behind it for, you know, how much you really believe that that building up these entrepreneurs and helping them can really change the world. So what what is your big vision? Where are you going? I'm so glad you asked. Um, so, so what drives me is supporting people who create experience. And for me, the ultimate of creating experiences is I would love to own these uh, retreat centers. I'm actually tentatively calling them like timeshares around the world that helps um, entrepreneurs build into their schedule time to get away. But also at these retreat centers would be experts, like the people for all the books you're reading or all the blogs you're checking out or the conferences that you're attending. You can go live there and you can hang out for you know a week or a month or three months or six months. And there's kind of um, entrepreneurs or artists in residence that you can connect with one-on-one in person, um, but also really flushing money and resources into local economies around the planet to teach them more about entrepreneurship and also bringing in more microfinance um, to support them in business building. Um, and also for me, it's I, I believe myself to be a global citizen, you know, a citizen of the world and uh, really encouraging other people to do that and incorporate that into their business and into their business model and to make it as easy as possible. I love that. You've definitely given that some thought. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It came out beautifully. Oh, my goodness. Lenan, I really want to thank you so much. It has been incredibly uh, wonderful having you here and sharing your story. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You are so awesome, and I love your energy, and I love everything you're doing for uh, female entrepreneurs. com forward slash 127 is where you'll find all the show notes for this conversation, including all of Lenann's favorite fives and um, really great quotes that, you know, I picked up from her during this conversation. 
Um, you know, I I think again, I just love this the fact that she's really put into practice and made real this very romantic idea of being location independent. So many people talk about it, but you know, it's just, it, it feels so far away and it feels hard, but I love the tip that she gave for actually just going and trying it out and sort of doing a test run. I thought that was very practical advice. And, um, you know, if you ever thought like, wow, I could do my business from my laptop you have the potential to be location independent. So pick a country that you always wanted to go to and give it a whirl. <laughs> um, I just really thought that was very inspirational, very real. And um, and what she did is she actually got a client there and used and leveraged the fact that she had a client there to actually go. So, um, you know, maybe that's a possibility for you. Just like potentially Biz Women Rock might be in multiple countries throughout our my life because Oh my goodness, we have a great fan base out in Australia. We have a great fan base in Canada, in South America, um, all over Europe. My goodness, um, you know, in the Middle East, there's just women everywhere. So, you know, that's such a great leveraging point to get up, take it. And perhaps there might be Biz Women Rock workshops and retreats all over the world. How awesome would that be? I want to thank you so much for being here with me today. It truly means a lot. I never forget how awesome you are for pressing play, for listening in, and for being able to listen to these stories and allow them into your life and allow them to really make an impact on you. I just, I love you for that. So I'll see you on the next episode. 